Coming up. How many of y'all prayed about something and you thought you got an answer, yeah. but you was wrong? Right, right, right. Yeah. And that happens, right? It's like your intentions was good. You was trying to get it right, but we don't always get it right. Yeah. And in this case, they didn't get it right, even with their good intentions and even with their process. Because one element they left out of their selection process was the fact that Jesus chose them. Jesus himself, Jesus himself picked them. Picked them, yeah. He chose them. Mm -hmm. Called them to say, follow me. Hello and welcome to One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. There are many things we can learn from the early church that are still highly relevant today. A crucial takeaway is the profound impact we can experience by being in close community with other believers and how it's the most effective way to represent Jesus Christ on earth. Join us for the message series where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn carefully walk us through the book of Acts and the many lessons from the early establishment of the church. Here's the first message in the series, Jesus Passed on His Mission, Part 1. And so our series today is entitled The Book of Acts. Uh, we're going to be walking through the Book of Acts and identifying some of the things that happened there and gleaning what we can from it. Our subtopic for today is Jesus passed on his mission. Jesus passed on his mission. And the, the message today is focusing on chapters one and chapters two of the Book of Acts. Uh, we should understand that the Book of Acts was written between AD 60 and 62. And it covers uh, the first 30 years of the church. Uh, there are many things we should learn and can learn from the early church. And my hope is, is that this will um, help us keep in mind the journey of the early church and apply some of the things that happened there. Um, this will help Quench Life Christian Fellowship to better become the body of believers that God wants us to be. I remember I told the church launch team when we first began that I didn't know exactly uh, what we will become or what we will look like, but I know that we're going to become and look like something that we've never seen. And that's what I still believe today, that God is leading us to be something that we haven't seen. It's not that there won't be any similarities, but when you put it all together, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Um, in a significant kind of way. And so, and I still feel that's how God is leading us. And we want to do that because um, we want to reach more or reach others for Christ. And so the book of Acts is a good place for us to reference, and we're going to spend some time here. Mm -hmm. So on your outline, uh, write this down, some more truths about the book of Acts. I just gave you a few in my intro about the year it was written, and, and so I want to give you some more things about it um, that's significant. Uh, the first is, it is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. Mm -hmm. It is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. Um, Luke and Acts are truly companion books. And we're going to see that as we look at the text. Look what it says here in Luke 1, 1 through 4. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of things that have been fulfilled among us, 
just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, the author here, Paul's for a second, is saying that he's looked at everything from the beginning and done his own investigation. And he goes on to say, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So the writer is saying, I'm writing to Theophilus. Now, it's unclear. We don't really know who Theophilus is, but it's clear that he's writing to Theophilus and he's writing a account of things that had happened, particularly the life of Jesus Christ, to an accurate and orderly account he wants to give. And he wants Theophilus to know this. And look what it says here in Acts 1, 1 and 2. And this is how we know that these books are companion books. And, this, and Acts is a sequel. Mm -hmm. It starts out, it says, in my former book, Theophilus. You see, he's addressing the same person. Right. And he's saying that in my former book, referencing the book of Luke, mm -hmm. he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So he says here, in my former book, I wrote about the life of Jesus. And speaking, and he's referencing the book of Luke. And one thing we need to know about the book of Luke uh, is that its primary theme is Jesus seeing, or is portraying Jesus as the son of man, which means to, to portray the human side of Jesus. That's why when you, when you, when you read Luke, you'll see the, all the aspects leading up to the birth. And so this is something to note, because when you're thinking about the story um, of Christ's birth and everything, mm -hmm. you can know that Luke, because it was intent to cover the, the human side of Jesus, that it's going to touch on his birth and conception and all that kind of stuff. So you can know when you're looking at which four gospels, you're going like, well, which gospel should I look at to get a little more detail? Understand Luke was written to show the human side. And so you're going to see some aspects of the birth of Christ in Luke that you don't see in the other ones as much or as deeply or as broad. So these are, oh, and then it reads on, I'm gonna read verse uh, Acts one and two again. And for my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about that all that Jesus began to do and to teach, verse two, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit and to the apostles, apostles he had chosen. So he says, I'm, I wrote in Luke about the birth of Christ, his death, and even his, his resurrection until the point where he left the earth. He says, I wrote about that in Luke. Right. And so we see that uh, the, the writer is bridging these books together because it's the same writer. It's the same writer. And that writer is Luke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why it's called the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a physician. He obviously was a historian. And we're going to see um, as we walk through Acts that Luke also, also was a participant. We're going to see him show up in Acts as well. And so he's tying, and this is the beautiful thing about Acts, he's tying um, the, the life of Christ to the post-resurrection of Christ, the life of the church. He's bridging that gap. And this is a critical part of, of, of um, what we're going to look at and what we need to understand that the Bible is doing. And it's a blessed thing to kind of, okay, what happened? How did this transition happen? Well, Luke covers it 
um, from Luke to Acts. He covers that. The second truth um, I want to give you about the book of Acts is it is primarily a historical book. It is primarily a historical book. Now, I should say this about it. The, the full name of the book of Acts is really Acts of the Apostles. Mm -hmm. um, but we cut it short. We say the book of Acts is really the Acts of the Apostles. What did the Apostles do, particularly after Christ died and rose? And But honestly, the better term that should be used and what it should be called is Acts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because the apostles were living through the power of the Holy Spirit and under okay. the direction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So it was the Holy Spirit really working through them to establish the church. And when you think about the importance of establishing the church, definitely you want to have the Holy Spirit there to lay that strong foundation that we're going to need to build upon. And so that would be a better uh, terminology or a title for the book. And also to understand, and, and, and we think about the book being a historical book, we need to know then that it is mostly a descriptive book, not necessarily a prescriptive book. What that means is it describes what happened. It gives us the history of what happened, not necessarily prescribing what should happen in similar situations in life. Yeah. It's telling you, well, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Not saying it was necessarily right or wrong. We have to use other passages of scriptures to help us determine if this was a good or bad thing or a right thing. Mm -hmm. But he's right. Luke wrote it to give us a history of what happened. And it's a history that we need to know. And let me give you an example of how it's not necessarily something we should follow. Mm -hmm. um, look at Acts chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, and 23 to 26. In those days, it says, Peter stood up among the believers, a, a group numbering 120. I want to pause here for a moment just to take us into the scene. So Peter stood up in the upper room. Um, uh, that's a term my wife affectionately calls our new location, mm -hmm. um, the upper room, because we, we're in a new building and we're on the second floor. And so she's deemed it the upper room. And so you may hear that coming out from time to time, um, just referencing our new location here. And so Peter stood up and addressed the believers, and it was 120 believers. And look what he said to him in verse 16. And said, brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago um, through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. So he's saying, he, Peter is addressing the fact that that traitor, the betrayer, Judas, he's addressing it right now. Mm -hmm. So um, though it's 120 of them, it's only 11 of the original 12 apostles right. that's there because Judas is gone, mm -hmm. um, right? And so uh, he goes on to say, verse 17, he was one of our number, and share in our ministry. Mm -hmm. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. So look what happened. They're trying to replace Jesus, I mean, replace Judas. Mm -hmm. And they nominated two pe possible people who can be a replacement as an apostle for, G for Judas. Mm -hmm. 
But their intentions was good. It was good intentions, but it really wasn't the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for several reasons, it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Look what it says in verse 44, 24. It says, then they prayed, Lord, you know everybody's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this ap apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Okay, see there, you can see they had good intentions, Yeah. right? They didn't arbitrarily choose. And in, it's, in the passage before all of this, they were really selective. They had their uh, selective process. They wanted someone who had been there the whole time, who had had experience with Jesus. They listed those things. I didn't put it on your paper, but they listed those things. So they were, the intentions were great what they were trying to do. Yeah. And then look what it says in verse 26. Then they cast lots and the lot fell on Matthias. So basically they rolled the dice. Um, the lot fell on Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Yeah. And so when they was referencing earlier about how the scripture has spoke from through David concerning Judas, they was talking about Psalms 41, nine. Mm -hmm. And it does, it referenced that, you know, there's going to be a betrayer. Yeah. Um, so even though they had good intentions and they did go through a process to try to find out, they prayed about it, <laughs> you know, how many of y'all prayed about something and you thought you got an answer, yeah. but you was wrong. Right, right, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that happens, right? It's mm -hmm. like your intentions was good. You was trying to get it right, but we don't always get it right. Yeah. And in this case, they didn't get it right, mm -hmm. even with their good intentions and even with their process mm -hmm. because uh, one element they left out of their selection process was the fact that Jesus chose them. Jesus yeah. himself, Jesus himself picked them. Picked them. Yeah. He chose them, mm -hmm. called them to say, follow me. Right. And so now they're choosing him or the lots are choosing them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> their prayers choosing, the choosing a replacement. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus did not choose this one. Yeah. And the truth is, we find out later in the book of Acts, we saw who Jesus chose. He or he chose Apostle Paul right. to be the replacement. Mm -hmm. And so they got ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. Another reason they were getting ahead of, ahead of themselves, and we're going to see as we walk through the text, that Jesus had had showed himself to them and spoke to them after he, he rose and he told them mm -hmm. to go to Jerusalem and wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. go wait until yeah. you are endowed with power yeah. and the Holy Spirit. He said, go wait. Before the Holy Spirit could come, Peter stands up and want to pontificate about what they should do. Yeah. And, and now they're not doing what mm -hmm. Jesus told them to do when he says, wait. Yeah, yeah. Wait for power to come. Yep, that's a problem we still that's have. That's a problem we still have. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Where we move and we wait and we say, oh, I think I waited long enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we waited long enough. And we basically do what we want to do. And we basically do what we want to do. we try to say, God, I think God's leading me in this direction. Yeah. yeah. And, and this reminds me of, of an experience I had when we were doing Bible study at, at lunchtime at my old job. And um, there was a guy who wanted to come in and lead our our worship time. Yeah. And um, so we agreed to let him come in and do it. And, uh, and not only, uh, yeah, it was our worship time. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he was just going to do the worship time. Anyway, so he asked me what time did we start? So I told him what time we started. And we started at that time 
on intentionally mm -hmm. so that it gave everybody who comes an opportunity to go grab their lunch, get into the room and get settled, and then they won't miss anything. So he got impatient. And so he's sitting in there waiting for the, the time that we normally start to come. And then he stands up, tells everybody, the Holy Spirit is telling me to start now. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> get this? Yeah. He's, he said God told him to start before our, our proclaimed, announced, understood time to start. Yeah. God said start now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so he started. And it didn't go like he thought it might. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It didn't land the way he thought it was going right, to land. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, like, dude, the spirit didn't tell you to do that. Mm -hmm. The spirit didn't tell you to do God that. Because God is not about confusion. God is not about confusion. Mm -hmm. And there were people who hadn't gotten there yet. You know, like I said, we gave them time to get mm -hmm. their lunch and come on right. in. And he just, so, he, he got yeah. so anxious, I yeah. guess, and he wanted to go. And so people arriving and wondering, why y'all start with me? Y'all normally start this early. Exactly. Yeah, that's confusion, yeah. That's confusion. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And so yeah. they got ahead of themselves, even though um, they had good intentions. Yeah. And so so that's something there. Mm -hmm. So the Book of Acts is a is primarily a historical book. It's not to say there's not doctrinal things in it. It does have it. But we have to understand that it's really just giving us the history of what happened. That's the main thing it's doing. Mm -hmm. And so we got to uh, interpret it from that lens. Yeah. The third thing, um, uh, truth that I want to give you is it, its key word is witness. Mm -hmm. Its key word is witness. Look what it says in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the and to the ends of the earth. And this is Jesus talking. Jesus was telling them to wait, to wait for the power. And when the power comes, he says, you are going to be my witnesses. Yeah. My witnesses. And you're going to start in Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. Now, some some say, and I just want to say this to you because I know you probably heard this if you've been, you know, in church a while or in your Bible a while. Some say that that they should go in that order. Jerusalem, Judea, then Samaria should be in chronological order, right? Mm -hmm. But then some believe that you do them all simultaneously, that God didn't mean just, you know, one by one. I'm just yeah. giving you that just yeah. so you to think about it, not to get into a debate, mm -hmm. <laughs> because we we know clearly God wants his message to, to go to the whole world. Right. But I just wanted to give you that that tidbit since we are in the book of Acts. And so um, but the key word is witnesses. Mm -hmm. And Jesus commands us as his followers to be witnesses of him. Amen. The fourth and that thing brings us to the fourth point I want to make some another truth I want to give you is in a sense it's the only bible book that's not done mm -hmm. in a sense the book of acts is the only bible book that's not done or complete or finished and there's a few reasons for that and, and again it's in a sense right you say well Luke wrote all he was going to wrote yeah that's true but if the book of Acts intention was to chronicle 
the acts of the apostles or the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles or the acts of the Holy Spirit through God's people. That's still happening. We're still acting, being led by the Holy Spirit and guided along and, and um, by the Holy Spirit, we're still doing that. That's one of the reasons we are called the witnessing of Jesus Christ continues. Yeah. It's continuing. So that's in the why, one of the reasons in a sense, it's not done. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Look what it says here. It says every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad with glad and sincere hearts. Amen. Y'all see this? Every day. Every day. And we get uh? a little disturbed. <laughs> uh? You want me to be there every week? What? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were talking about. Yes. The early church got together every day. Amen, amen. Every day. Thank you for listening.